Come on, somebody please pick up. You have been on hold for 7 hours and 58 minutes. Your call is extremely important to us. Please continue to hold and a representative will be with you shortly. No one's ever going to pick this thing up. You've reached the unemployment office. Hello there. Oh, my God. name's Kathy. How can I help you today? Kathy. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, I, I don't know what happened, but I didn't get an unemployment check this month, even though I still haven't found a job. I know there are supposed to be more opportunities now that the country is opening back up, but I still can't seem to find anything. Oh, well, I'm real sorry to hear that. Let me take a look-see here. Ah, it looks like a deranged man on the street walked up to you and offered you a dollar to clean his toenail collection. That constitutes a job offer, and under the new federal laws, turning down a job automatically ends your benefits. You can't... you couldn't have seriously expected me to take him up on that. That guy was crazy and I... Wait, wait a second. How did... How do you even know about that? Am I... Are you spying on people? There, there's no way that kind of monitoring oh, is well, legal. um... I'd be happy to explain that if you just give me a couple of... Sorry, sir. It's now five and the unemployment office is closed. Hope we helped you. Have a great day. Son of a bitch. Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. Hey there, everybody. I'm Phil. And I'm Kyle. And as always, we are the Unsociablists. We've been working at this for just about a year now. I mean, irregularly over. at first. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've <laughs> totally put in consistent work for a little over a year. Yeah, definitely. Very consistent. Everybody knew exactly all of our very, our numerous listeners, our very <laughs> loyal subscriber base. They've been chomping at the bit every two weeks for the last two years for us. Totally. I'm glad that we've been so consistent. But yeah, anyways, way back when, when we started this thing, back before we knew if we were going to even keep bothering to do it, we decided to, first things first, let's talk about the fact that a pandemic has hit our country. And good news, folks, we beat it. COVID's we no more, it. and Woo! there's no more COVID anywhere. Cue the cue the party music. Yep. Balloons fall from the ceiling, confetti. Ah, now I need to clean up all this confetti off the floor. <laughs> God damn it. Why did we just throw trash at people as a fucking celebration? Come on. <laughs> a little wasteful. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we figured that since it is getting better at least, and since we're nearing the end of this thing, it might be fun to revisit our COVID discussion with a the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, I mean the uh there are a lot of things that I think we can learn from what we did wrong in covid which is most of the things we did i think that there are a lot of reasons that we should you know even i i hate to say that we could learn like good things i don't want this to seem like i'm some sort of nyt like op-ed guy like how to make your life better now that we've all learned so many lessons from from quarantine but it, there are some things about it that uh are are worth remembering but also remembering that uh you know, probably a million people have died and uh, more people are still dying. Yeah, I mean, this pandemic has caused a lot of small people, small being like not an offensive term, but a, a term re referencing the people in terms of how much power you have in the system. It has uh, caused detrimental harm to them, while somehow the rich people still seems to come out on top at the end of it. So clearly something we did still made capitalism's wheels keep turning. But 
yeah, there are definitely things that happened during this pandemic that uh, could be re-appropriate, repurposed into um, modern American structures. For example, I think that we saw working from home clearly being an effective methodology, and the fact that suddenly that's not allowed anymore is complete nonsense. Yeah, and it's uh, for very obvious reasons, just like most of the reasons that we didn't lock down in the first place were really obvious. It's that uh, they need to monitor you. They need to make sure that, you know, managers in general, I just feel like, uh, especially in office settings, they don't do a whole lot, but they do the thing that they do do, <laughs> do do. The thing that they do do is keep tabs on the people that they're supposed to be managing or whatever. And all that tends to do is is create more paranoia, more anxiety. People are forced into social settings that uh, are not natural um, and generally, and I'm not like a person of, I don't think that you could call human nature or whatever, but I don't think the office is a natural setting. Sitting in a room for eight hours while some guy who controls whether or not you can pay your rent just like can at any point like pop his head over and see if you're doing the amount of work that he deems necessary when you could do that exact same work at home without that anxiety and also not have to commute, not have to you know, clog the roads, not have to uh, cough on all the people on the train, you know, all these things that you could, you know, better your home life and, you know, not have to be monitored like a freaking science experiment. Well, I mean, at least the good news about all these offices opening back up and people getting back to work is that the job market's suddenly stable again, and there's mm. lots more jobs for everybody. Speaking of which, Kyle, how's that editing job going for you? Oh, that editing job's going great in that it's not going at all. Uh, I recently lost my gig. <laughs> it's just a repeat of 2020 again. I'm going to try and get on unemployment because I... Because... Uh, Unfortunately, in this kind of fucking, firstly, in every economy, we talked about it in our uh, in one of our previous episodes, the precarity that people are facing is that they are turning all of our jobs into contract. And at any point, my contract can be terminated. Um, I haven't had taxes taken out or at least not. Yeah, not taxes taken out. I have to keep that in my own. You know, I have to keep tabs of that and they don't pay payroll tax. I pay their payroll tax as a 1099 officer. Which also means, and I don't know if this is going to remain the case, uh, because the CARE Act back, passed back uh, last year did make it so that 1099 workers can apply for unemployment. But with that kind of passing out of, uh, you know, vogue, yeah, right, it's gone. Um, and the new American Rescue Act, the very properly named, uh, cut back on all of those things, like it. You know, whatever. You know what? Whatever. It, I, I mean, guess, it's rescuing uh, America in the sense that it's keeping the capitalist institutions that America stands for alive and well. Not yeah, it's, that rescuing it's rescuing a lot of Americans. America and Americans are very different things, Kyle. True, <laughs> true, true. So, yeah, it's basically I'm maybe going to be going back on unemployment or maybe just looking for a job completely differently because, like, when I've looked at the gigs that they're offering people that they demand to have a uh, four-year degree – uh, so they are asking you to be in debt, like thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. They are offering you nine to twelve dollars an hour. Well, and it's like, I live in a city. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Like, I mean, whatever. As we all know, a college degree means fair wages. Obviously, yes, that's what the obviously. boomers. That's what the boomers told us. 
they told me to go to school so that I could get a real job, and this is what I got is a fucking video editing gig, which honestly, probably my bad. That was dumb. That was yeah. a dumb move. But, you know, I was 18. Dumb. I was stupid. I mean, Still I, stupid now, 10 years At least on. you have the piece of paper. I did all the college and still didn't walk away with that piece of paper, so... Mm. <laughs> On the other side of things, I have my nice stable union gig, and now that customers – so before it was we can't tell a customer if they're not wearing a mask that they have to put one on. Now our company has flat out said like, oh yeah, on the poster boards and everything, customers don't need to wear masks. Come on in. And I'd say about 10% of customers still wear a mask even though we're not quite at 60% vaccinated, so those numbers don't quite add up. And of course, on top of that – the 10% who are wearing masks are look like the kind of people who probably are vaccinated anyways. Oh, and yeah. They're just for being sure. cautious. And are, yeah, they're so, just being careful. Like, So, yeah, there's a good 40-something percent of our customers are just walking around spreading the germ because why not? Yeah, and who knows if they're actually vaccinated because it's like the second that they said back in – when was that? Early – Early May, they said that they you didn't have to like if you're vaccinated, you could go hang out. They said something very specific. The CDC they said that you can go out um, outside and be in groups of you know a reasonable number. They did not say that if you're not vaccinated, you can do that. They did not say you could do it inside. But everybody was like, oh well, that just means it's done. And it's been a month and a half or whatever, and they've made it. Uh, you know, now the states are finally being like, all right, well, we'll roll these things back, even though we see, you know, just this week um, down in. So I'm in Missouri right now for uh, Lucy and I are finally getting married. Congratulations. Hey, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great ceremony. Yeah, it's actually I'm looking really forward to it because it's nice to be able to see family, knock all this stuff out and finally get it on a piece of paper. But I am worried because like I'm out here and um, I hear about out in the Lake of the Ozarks, there's like a big surge of cases um i mean generally like that's like the myrtle beach of the midwest but so it's like kind of expected i guess that you know the first couple weeks of summer there's going to be a big flux uh influx of people who we have maybe 50 percent of people are vaccinated in this country and that's based on self-reporting i don't know how accurate we can expect it to be but it, it does worry me that maybe uh, people are going to get sick, and that's not something I want for anyone who comes to our wedding. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, now that things are quote-unquote back to normal, um, the your standard person is not going to worry about that shit. In fact, a lot of people are going to give you flack for still worrying. Oh my god, COVID's over, guy. Why are you still wearing a mask? Yeah. I mean, I still think it'll be a nice ceremony, and I, I hope people come away from it safe, but yeah. Yeah, and I imagine that, you know, we've made sure that just about everybody there is vaccinated. Um, I mean, I can't speak for the employees who will be working at the brewery, but I'm fairly certain that they're all vaccinated because that's part of why we uh, postponed it as long as we did is to make sure they were safe. Yeah, I mean, people who work uh, at indie food service places are probably the kind of people who went out of their way to get it early. Right. Or they're the kind of people that are anti-vaxxer, but I mean, like, yeah, well, who isn't? <laughs> and if they're an anti-vaxxer anti and they decide to catch it and die, then that's their business. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I'm, I think that vaccines probably have stuff in them they don't need to have for the sake of corporate profits. But that's oh for sure. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to take my vaccine. Yeah, I mean, like what what I, whatever I eat is certainly worse for me than whatever they've put in these vaccines. Like I'm eating plastic every oh, day. Yeah. So all them GMOs, gotta love oh, them. Oh yeah, 
love them. Um, but yeah, any do you have any like recent incidents of people giving you flack for being safe or wearing a mask? Because I know that at work, I, oh, get, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. there's been a couple of old boomer type customers who have given me some flack for that one hour when we open up that I'm dealing with uh, people. I mean, I'm sure it's more prevalent with you, obviously, but like on the train, some people when I last went into work to get fired, there were some people like, well, we're not we don't need to do this. The guy, the guy who's running the who's taking tickets um, comes around. And he's like, can you I know that it's not like a thing anymore, but could you wear this? And he's like, but it's not like a thing anymore. And so the guy like gave a little argument about it and finally just like put it around his chin. And it was like, oh, well, whatever. Because, like, what do you expect that guy to who's taking tickets, like, to get in a fight or something? Like, I'm not asking him to get killed. That would be stupid. But, like, yeah, people people don't want to do it. Um, when I did get into the office after that, too, then I was wearing my mask because I hadn't been in the office for a while because they had been out in fucking Dubai. They had been tra- jet-setting and, you know, selling their snake oil and... They weren't wearing a mask, and when I came in wearing a mask, they were like, no, take that off. You're vaccinated. And I was like, well, whatever. I need to get my last paycheck and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. it's. Uh, it's I mean, pretty- what am I going to do? Am I going to die cold in the street? No. I'm going to get my goddamn paycheck so I can pay rent and probably get COVID to die. I don't know. It's pretty frustrating that uh, people will blame you for safety that doesn't impact them in any way, shape, or form. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us at this mandatory team meeting. I know you're all eager to get back to stocking shelves and running registers, so I won't keep you long. There's just a bit of housekeeping I want to go over with you now that COVID is completely over. Um, it's actually really not. First things first, the customers want to see your smiling faces so they can feel like things are back to normal. As such, if you're fully vaccinated, you are no longer allowed to wear a mask. Naturally, if you're not fully vaccinated, you are suspended without pay until you fix that. If you're in that group, just uh, go ahead and get out of here now. Hey, that's almost about half our staff. How are we supposed to keep up with the workload? You can't be serious about the mask thing. I mean, vaccinated people have actually still caught and presumably spread COVID. Don't be silly. They wouldn't have released the vaccine if it wasn't completely effective. Also, I can't help but notice that that attitude means you're not smiling. Don't let any customers see you looking unhappy, Paul. Anyway, on to the next issue. As you're aware, a lot of you felt that you should have gotten emergency pay during the heart of the pandemic. Naturally, corporate disagreed. So you made what you were making. Still, they did some thinking and agreed that the work you all did during that time was even more essential than it is now that things have wrapped up. So you're going to give us a uh, frontline hazard back pay? Don't be ridiculous, Paul. The Shanks family would have to take that out of their record profits. Instead, they've decided that since you're not endangered anymore, we're going to cut everyone's pay by 50 cents an hour. That way profits can keep up even without a nationwide panic. Hang on, that's absolutely insane. Our union can't be allowing this. I spoke with Mr. Cool this morning. The local 666 agrees that it's a wonderful idea. Dane Cool is a personal friend of Tom Shonks. Don't the actual members of the union get a say in this? I mean, there's no way it's legal to do something like this without a vote. Well, there was a vote, and the workers' representative did not show, and I was assured he was not chloroformed and left in the middle of nowhere without a phone minutes beforehand. How can you stand for this blatant evil? Easily. By getting a six-figure bonus at Christmas time. 
Anyway, on to the last issue we need to cover before this meeting is over and you all have to get back to work. Now that the warehouses are getting the full variety of our stock back in, the Shonks family has agreed that if a customer gets upset about something being out of stock, the best way to handle it is for the the best way to handle it is for the employee standing closest to them to take all the blame and get screamed at for however long they feel inclined to keep going. Obviously, getting yelled at isn't really work, so we'll adjust that time off of your paychecks. This is this is so stupid. We're all just going to quit, right guys? No, oh, feel free. You have every right to find a different, unskilled labor job and start over from minimum wage with no vacation or just to starve. The joy of the free market is that you have every right to die penniless. Fine, I'll just make sure you fire me. Then I can get unemployment, and it would pay better than you do anyway. Ooh, you didn't hear. Per your newest contract, if you don't meet our expectations for work completed per hour, we can cut you back to as little as five minutes a week without technically removing you from the payroll. So, basically, I either accept all these unreasonable conditions at this job and deal with being totally screwed, or I leave, enter a fucked up job market, and still am totally screwed. Now, I don't like that language, Paul. Still, that is essentially the idea. Won't any of you guys back me up on this bullshit? Hey, man, leave me out of this. I got a kid to feed. Fine, I'll cave and do my job. Excellent. Now, Paul. I feel like you were a little high-strung during this meeting. Are you going to put a lid on that attitude in the future? Yeah. Now come on, Paul. You know that's not good enough. Try again. <sighs> yes, sir. Once more, with passion. This time, look me in the eye. Yes, sir. Splendid. Great meeting, everyone. Now get back to work. Those customers aren't going to serve themselves. Sucks that your blood pressure's been high, man. I mean, that'll happen with capitalist stress. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, like, normal stress. Uh, I went to the doctor. The last time I went to the doctor, they had me do, like, a blood work thing, which the while I was on unemployment, I was making, you know, a, a low enough amount of money so that I could get onto uh, Missouri's, like, their subsidized health care thing. So I had, I, I got to, for a most, a very nominal fee. I got to go to the doctor. Um, that is not the case here. I can't do that now. But I, I, I went to the doctor. I got my blood, my blood uh, drawn, and I, they did some tests on it. And apparently, I have high cholesterol or whatever. I didn't like. I, I was. I didn't do the things they told me to do. I didn't like starve myself the day before to make sure that they got a clean reading. So who knows if that's like a, a real problem? But I do have like a family history of it. And then I checked my blood pressure in one of those, like, arm things at the Rite Aid up the road. And uh, it was, like, 117 over 86 or something. And they were like, you got to take the bad number. And the 86 is, like, not a great number. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll work I mean, on that. it's supposed um, to be 80, I think, and that's not that big of a, you know. Yeah, no, apparently it's high normal. So it's not like it's an end-of-the-world thing. Plus, I'm, you know, I... I did it in the morning. I was a little hungover. Um, I, I've, you know, my family has a history of heart issues, so I just want to, you know, not not do Better it. Better be on head at top of that shit, but it still sucks to, yeah. you know, find out that you're not as on top of it as I would be ideal. Right. So it's like plus I'm fired uh, or that, that, laid no, off. Is... I don't know what's affecting it. It's not a scientific uh, analysis of my of my blood pressure that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a 
an unorthodox time by any stretch of the imagination. Yes. We bomb other countries, but it's normal and we don't pay attention to it, versus we bomb other countries and people are freaking out about it because there's other things going on. I mean, they talked about, you know, generally, so because the pandemic obviously has dominated everybody's life for the last 18 months or whatever, not even, like 14 months, because it's kind of dominated the news and dominated our lives, and that's like what everybody's thinking about when I say going back to normal, like part of this shift has also been because they marketed Trump as being the aberration and the break from normal. So it's like... I mean, Disney... Well, my favorite... Okay, so I was just talking about this about Daniel the other night. Disney did something very hilarious because we were talking about Christmas movies. In Home Alone 2, there's a scene that Donald Trump gives Kevin oh, direction they somewhere, you know? They cut that scene from my Donald God. Trump, from the Disney Plus uh, edit of the movie. What because Donald Because Orange Man... And, and literally, the press statement was basically Orange Man bad. Look at Disney. We're so progressive. We're the richest fucking company in the entire world. We're so progressive. God. Richest media company at the very least. Yeah, I'm – that kind of shit just drives me insane too because they've get, they've done that not just to, of course, Home Alone 2. They've done it to a number of uh, movies. They've just taken shit out, and it's like that because we've been uploading all of this just to streaming services, there's no um, – there's no real, like, protection for an intellectual property. Not like I give a shit about – firstly, I think intellectual property as itself, like, it shouldn't really exist. Yeah, um, honestly, we should, intellectual property should be intellectual shared content. Right. You came up with an idea which is almost certainly based on another idea that the world has created for you. Um, and – not to say that like creators don't deserve to, I, you know, in a, war, in a perfect world, creators need to be taken care of. I'm a, you're a communist, so no one deserves anything more than anyone else in your mind. I'm right. a socialist, so I think creators should be should be allotted something, but certainly they they're once they contribute their work to society, they will get compensated in some capacity. Which I'm not, you know, like as a, I'm, I'm still a vague socialist. I think there should be something, but not like the current money system we have, you know? And uh, either way, whatever they're compensated with, that compensation means, and now it belongs to the public. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, the public would own everything. You you as a worker would create something, maybe be uh, as an artist, um, and you'd probably not just be an artist. You'd probably also have to do other things, you know? You'd be a part of a real community, a real community structure, and that your creation, while we would obviously hope to create a world that, you know, allows artists and writers and people who create things to uh, devote at least most of their time to that. Uh, there's no reason for me to expect that, you, you know, you'll just get taken care of, right? You just have a fucking house and have fucking food and have health care and all the things that you need that you don't need to stifle your creative energy uh, by putting yourself to backbreaking labor for Amazon or fucking Walmart or somewhere, my my opinion is that the difference between markets uh, in capitalism and whatever markets might exist under socialism or communism is that in capitalism, of course, market logic would, I mean, in theory, dominate and sublimate every other kind of logic, right? The the people who can dominate a market, dominate whatever that market exists in, like housing or healthcare. Whereas we would extract from the market those 
exact things. And maybe art itself could stay as something that you could trade or as something that you could you know, own a physical copy of, that's not, maybe ownership is the wrong word for it, but certainly in a, like say in a library socialism, uh, you, you'd like just borrow from a place like some, you want, you want some cool art and you can either, you know, contract somebody to come in and like make something really cool or, you know, obviously on a time shared basis and it would be not, demanding of them to be like perfect to your standards because that wouldn't be that that wouldn't be art at that point well it might be art but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the artist's extensive self the point the point of artists for the artist to get the chance to express right right the artist has no chance to express there's no such thing so I, i i obviously hate individualism but individuality uh the expression of one's individual personhood that is, uh, I think, an unalloyed good. I think that's a good thing. I think having individuals within a collective society is a good thing because there's no, you know, there's no collectivism without each and every one of us personality. It's weirdly like the same but opposite of my opinions on globalism. I am against globalism because it implies sharing markets with places with slave labor and stuff like that. But I'm very in favor of a globally open world where all humans are humans no matter where you're from and or, or where you you know like we all share the same world as opposed to separate countries you right know? it's like um it's almost like uh the old term internationalism yeah like i'm all for i'm all for the idea that borders the idea of these borders shouldn't exist is great but the sad thing is that these borders not existing is how neoliberal fascists are able to right take There's- slave labor from another country and say we're just supporting good business yeah it's like oh you're gonna take away the the money of these poor women who just got crushed by a nike factory in bangladesh uh sucks for you we're the real good people because we're bringing them jobs or whatever um yeah yeah, no there are two sides to that coin of no borders obviously the right side of that coin, the the correct side of that coin is freedom of movement is allowing people to go where they it, it certainly in the next couple of decades are going to need to go because their homes, which have been systemically underdeveloped and attacked by the global empire of the United States, when they have to run away from climate catastrophe, they're going to have to go somewhere. And freedom of movement is going to be incredibly important then. And the other side of that coin, the bad side of that coin is freedom of movement for capital, which is what they've been using this. They've twisted the terms of globalism wherein you kind of say that you have an interconnected world which of course we do but instead of using that as a as a as a coagulant as something to bring people together as to stick us together it's more of a uh, a way for our oppressors to more easily divide us yeah definitely it's a a different form of oppression that they uh, put a label of we're good people on so that they can uh, take away the sting of the fact that the reason they're doing it isn't to open borders and share the world with other people, but nope. to capitalize on the exploitation that is legal in other countries. Right, or that they have themselves have made legal. Because, like, fucking, how many times have they tried, you know, what happened to Guatemala when they tried to make it so that people weren't getting fucked over by capitalists? They went and invaded. What happened to Nicaragua? What happened to Chile? What happened to all these places that were trying to turn their, their, you know, their international, their national interest, their 
personal interest back on these global leaders. It wasn't for the good of the, the children that uh, Nestle is employing in essential slave labor that they keep that going. Nestle is just going to keep using child slave labor forever as long as the United States government and the multinational uh, corporations keep a hold on them. Yep. Those multinational companies definitely don't mind one bit when globalism equals a new form of exploitation. They're excited by it. That way they can still point to America and say, well, look, but in America, slavery isn't legal. So we're totally in the right because the American products that we're providing you are made with labor from elsewhere, but then sold to a place where we're not enslaving you directly and kind of just half-assedly slaving you. Yeah, it's just there's an interesting... So, like, obviously, myself, I'm not a, I'm not a f- big fan of what people term social democracy. Well, I am a big fan of it because I would be uh, the one benefiting from it. But uh, social democracy in the imperial core tends to mean that we're just exploiting people more outside of the core. Mm-hmm. It's it's like America's doing better, but the rest of the world is still suffering just as much, if not more. Right. It's like, how did Norway get this? wonderful uh social safety net and it's because of colonialism and because of their ties to colonial uh empire yeah i gave a lot i gave for a lot of my life even like up to the last year and even in some of these episodes of the podcast i've uh given more credit to norway than i should have because i'm like well look but the, the, their people are happy yeah, like, but, yeah I mean, but they're also one of the most racist country they're even more racist than we are and they exploit other people of other races way more than we do. It's not for nothing that they are not in the EU, but they are really closely tied to Britain and they're really closely tied to us as like a petrol, uh, petroleum uh, dealer, essentially just, you know, making money off of mineral resources and then having their uh, image kind of whitewashed by the the left, the so-called left in America. Which I don't think is like for America. Yeah, they're definitely left. Is like I'm not gonna shit all over uh, Bernie or whatever because he still played an important part in my political activation and I think in the political activation of a lot of people. Oh yeah, if Bernie hadn't country. existed, then the di- I mean I'm not saying that the discourse didn't mostly disappear after Trump went away, but I think we would still be way worse off without him. Yeah, I think that because of his – I'm not going to say because I am a materialist and I don't think that there is one individual, one great man that's going to drag us away from capitalism. Uh, I think that the the issues that exist and the issues that people are most passionate about uh, still would have carried a lot of us maybe a little slower to a – to this this place of – of political activation and maybe consciousness. But I think that he specifically, especially I think in the 2016 election, was a bit because it gave people focus. It gave people a, a, a single goal with which to put their to which they could put their energy. Yeah, he was he was a catalyst for other people to realize what was wrong with the world. Yeah. And what's and upsetting, America specifically. Yeah. And what's really upsetting, I think, part of it is that, um, you know, now that life's going back to normal, um, he also is being folded back into just the Democratic blob, uh, essentially doing the same thing of laundering the Biden administration that, like, AOC 
and all these other snake oil salesmen in Congress have been selling me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm, I still think that AOC and Bernie are good people, but they yeah, have definitely like, had. To what's sell. the individual personalities for towards? You know, what does it matter about their individual? This thing, they are good people. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they're actually they've they are good people who have stopped making any kind of actual change, right? Because. And- they they've decided that the system has already won, and I don't blame them because I don't even know if they've of, done that. I mean, AOC I think has been a snake oil salesman longer, and I think she just tricked me. Um, Bernie, I, I don't know because he is an independent. I think that he honestly does think that he can make some change from the inside, but I think that they're both running up against the actual, the reality, the limits that are in, in that are placed on people trying to work within the capitalist bourgeois democracy. Like, there are just going to be these limits. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think that AOC, for all of her recent flaws, is just someone who was very young. She lived in a shitty capitalist construct and thought, thought this is shitty. And then she got into Congress and said, oh, well, shitty is the best we can do, so I'm just going to try to make it a, t- 1% less shitty, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that she's. There's no maliciousness in AOC's heart. I just think that she's also a little bit young and naive, and has no. It doesn't have like the wherewithal to actually make those changes like Bernie did. I don't think. I. I I'm gonna give her more credit. I'm gonna say that she does. She is less naive than people give her credit for. I think that she uh, is actually a pretty calculating politician. I think that she knows where the wind is blowing and where her bread is buttered because she did align with the Democratic Party. She did not stay as an independent. She did not run as a third party. You know, these are people who obviously you can say whatever strategy to get See, in. See, and I think that Democrat thing was a naivete move from her. Like she wanted to believe, but she's also like, well, Democrats are the only party that works. So. No, I, think, I don't think it's a naive thing. I think it's an angling to win thing and getting in on a, a triangulated policy proposal. And what she did at, in 2018 was see that there was a lot of anger, a lot of activation in a midterm against a very unpopular president. And most of that energy was coming through young people who were supporting of Green New Deal, the Green New Deal, who were supporting uh, anti-incarceration, these large scale uh, changes. And she saw that she could ride that wave in. I heard on the, was like one of the last episodes of Dumb and Awful before they went on their very long hiatus there was a guy who was talking about AOC who she had been to uh, essentially trying like a democratic outreach program to get young kids into the Democratic Party specifically. So I think there's an ideological training there that she has accepted and that these now she's realized that the Biden camp is one and she's triangulating towards the center again. I think this is much less naive naivety and I think it's much more. Uh, savvy politician making because what is she now 31 you know she's not like young i mean like she's young compared to everybody else in congress but my inclination is just that she was young enough when she started that she got indoctrinated early i i don't know i mean maybe i'm just maybe i'm just inclined to try to see the best in people even when they're actually bad people yeah i just anytime you're final you've been elected i I don't see the best in you anymore (laughs) i mean but bernie yeah, but you know, I think that I can give Bernie his credit because he's not been but he fully integrated. Yeah, but he's not been fully integrated into that thing. I'm not saying that like you I, I don't see the best in Bernie. He's definitely made horrible mistakes. 
I mean, like, obviously, I've said these things before, but it, not like it matters. You know, my opinion on these on this shit, and I, as a powerless, meaningless pr worm, I do not need to be uh, <laughs> consistent in any sense. But I do think that Bernie, because he has, I think recently, he's been, and since 2016 in particular, I think he's been more and more uh, pulled into the Democratic Party apparatus and absorbed into it, and his influence is waning because of that. But before yeah, then, he would I would not have a chance. In a, he, even if he was still young enough, he would not have a chance in 2024. No, not if he's going to play it like this. If in 2016 he had just said, fuck this, I'm doing an independent, and then gone separate, yeah. Honestly, I here's the thing. Because Hillary lost anyways, I would have loved that. Yeah, I mean, she was gonna lose. We already, we all said it was gonna happen. But everyone was, no, we all said it. But the news was all like, Donald Trump doesn't stand a fucking chance. No, no way. He's like polling at twenty two percent. It's nothing. It's it's nothing. Don't even worry about it. Zero zero percent chance he gets elected. Honestly, I wish I had. Okay, so there are these like betting. Okay, one of the ultimate capitalist things. There are websites where you can bet on who will win political elections. Love that. And there was like four to one odds against Trump in the election. Uh, running up to it, like I so wish I put some money down. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> awesome. Fuck. Sensible Secret Service Agent. Well, sir, over half of Americans are vaccinated now. We still have a long road to go before things return to normal, but the end is in sight. Ah, hogwash. Things have been back to normal ever since the election. It's high time Americans got back to working in person. Uh, why else did we put the kids back in school? We need all the help we can get if we're going to get back to good old normal, um, uh, what's, what's, the, what's that money thing we do called? Capitalism? Right, right, that's what I said, capital-apple-ish. Anyway, America's better back and better than ever. That seems a bit overly optimistic, sir. There are still a lot of unvaccinated people... Even if we do hit 100% vaccinated, we've seen irrefutable evidence that loads of digital work can be just as efficient, if not more so, with people working from home. So there's really no need to send them back into the office. I think that as this pandemic starts wrapping up, it's a perfect time to reevaluate the way we run things in this country. Oh, I hear you. I hear you, man. Now that people can be around each other without masks, all the... Uh hugging and kissing and all that other stuff. Yeah, we can pack the offices, the warehouses. Hell, we can even pack the homeless shelters as tight as possible. That way, there's more valuable real estate for more fracking and mansions for all the people who need to live more comfortably. That is exactly the opposite of what I meant. I think we need to undo as much of the damage this pandemic has caused to the lower class as possible. After all, civil rest is at an all-time high and mental health has plummeted. If we ever want to regain the trust of regular people, we need to offer as many incentives as possible to get them back into the world. I know that this time, just a little over a year ago, I was working with your predecessor to get stimulus checks out to everyone. It was frustrating to deal with his ego, but that's not to say they weren't a good idea. Maybe another round of stimulus could help us start the healing process. Hey, I already gave everyone two grand, man. What more do these freeloaders want? They ain't even trying to help out the guys who own the local McDumbo's Burgers and Shake places. Actually, your administration only gave everyone $1,400. Technically, the last administration gave the American people more, and I have a feeling lots of people will remember that detail. 
Uh, I don't want to do anything old President old Trump did. If he gave the Amer- people, if he gave people more money, we should take it back from him. People don't want handouts, man. The American people, they know America was built on an idea, an idea to make the world a, like a more safe place for capitalists-ish. They, they want to give back their 2000 now that they're back on their feet. How does that even make sense? Sir, I know you're not all there anymore, but surely you must see that people are struggling right now. Uh, not the people I know. If some poor person's complaining, just have him walk in front of my car and then I'll step on the gas. Right. I had almost forgotten that you said that to a reporter while live on camera. Um, okay, how about this? I know you've already dismissed the idea of raising the minimum wage anytime soon, but maybe to reacquaint people with the workforce, we start people with a four-day work week and allow the first day of the three-day weekend to be a paid day off. Now, Trump certainly never did that, and it would definitely make the blow of having to get back into the world a bit less daunting. Uh, who's going to pay for it, man? These companies, well, they're already barely holding on over this last year. Well, actually, sir, most corporations saw record profits. The only businesses that struggled were ones that involved a social element. That actually brings me to my next idea. How about issuing vouchers for people who are fully vaccinated? allowing them to go to a restaurant or bar for free. If we taxed 0.01% of what our billionaires made just during the pandemic, we could pay for that several times over. Sorry, Jack. I already tried to tax the billionaires just a little bit ago, and no one liked it. A lot of my buddies in the House and Senate even told me they're glad they didn't have to vote against it because there was a bunch of other fall guys. And I mean, I get it, man. I love looking like a good guy. Uh, any- Anyway, what what were we talking about? Something about ordering us a pan pizza? Fucking hell. Sir, we were talking about how to handle the coming months transitioning out of COVID. Now, while I'm definitely in favor of the social programs I suggested, as well as several more, if I'm being honest, I really don't think the country is ready to open back up in full, seeing as we never really shut down. There's still time for a fourth wave to hit. The fourth! The fourth! How can I forget? Fourth of July! It's coming up! We should cram as many people as possible together for the most coal-based fireworks extravaganza this country's ever seen. With all the people not driving last year, we need to celebrate America by giving the fossil fuel industry as much help as we can. Let's celebrate how I fixed America with the vaccine I made. I don't, I don't even know why I tried talking to you. Uh, hey, can you go out and get me an ice cream? Chocolate chocolate chip? Sensible Secret Service Agent. Chocolate, chocolate chip. And then me getting, like, yelled at for being just a little cautious. I just... Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, why am I getting looked at like a fucking like, dickhead for wearing it? It's over. Why even wear masks? It's like, because there, I mean... I am, <laughs> I am lucky enough that I have a good immune system, but, like, not everybody does. Children don't get the vaccination yet. There are things that I don't want to send along. It's, I should not be getting, <laughs> I shouldn't, you know, this is a personal grievance right here. I just should not be fucking told that I'm a being over, you know, I'm being fucking paranoid or something for wearing a mask immediately after people have, you know. Died. Probably a million people have died. Like, I don't need to feel bad about still being a little cautious just because now, a month after fucking Biden, like, says, oh, we can start closing down, everybody's like, well, I guess fuck this. Because the second that they said people can go out without their masks, people just started lying and didn't go get vaccinated. 
just fuck off, everybody. I just want to, like, if I'm going to wear my mask, I'm going to wear my mask. You know, fuck off. Stop talking to me like I'm a dickhead. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just want to do this myself. Yeah, I've already had a couple customers in that one hour between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. that I have to actually deal with people. Because I, I, I'll be honest, I don't wear my mask from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. when it's just eight people in the whole fucking store. I'm like, all right, I'm good. You know. I mean, it's a huge place. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're getting vents. New people that you but don't know. Once that six to seven hour hits, I do put my mask on for that last little bit when there's a bunch of boomers walking around at, you know, the first crack of dawn hour because that's when they shop. And, uh, I mean, and sadly, it's not all boomers. There's a lot of young people oh, yeah. who I'm sure aren't vaccinated who definitely are like, I don't need to wear a mask anymore because the store said I don't need to. I've gotten two in the last month. I've gotten two people saying to me, uh, COVID's over. What are you wearing a mask for? And I'm like, Cool, have a great day. God. Like, you just don't even need to say anything. Like, like they're trying to be funny. I think, like, they're, and they say, they're not, like, doing it, like, mean, maliciously, but they think they're funny, and it's, like, that's not... It's not funny. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Like, a million people died, and they're still dying, especially not in just America. Sorry. God, I hate everybody. It's not true. I'm gonna be uh, nice. I mean, I'm gonna yeah, try I hate everybody as parody state. It was one of those like satire parody. Totally don't mean it. But I mean, I don't. Mean I guess <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. I want to talk specifically about how because things are going back to normal, you know, the status quo. I had honestly, I I think that everybody has faced this issue since Trump was elected. Um, I had kind of forgotten what the status quo was like during the Obama Biden years. Uh, th- 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 that feels like – I mean even as someone who's a little older than you, that does feel like ancient history. Like it was a completely different – legitimately anything before 2017 yeah. feels like static. Yeah, uh, and and now I'm looking back, and obviously I've, I'm a very changed person in the last four years, not just because of Trump. He didn't really do that much for me, but like he was He was own. a neoliberal who was slightly louder about yeah. his fascism. Exactly. Um but like so quickly going back to what I feel – what I felt like the government was doing in like 2015 and 14, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is this is like – this is bad deja vu. This is like we're killing people in Palestine again. This is like, oh, we're we just not going to talk about strikes. Oh, we're just – we're not going to talk about uh, police violence anymore because the bad guy has gone. Yeah, it's – honestly, I've been noticing a lot lately just – how I mean, and it's not for me. I wasn't radicalized until basically the Bernie run. I mean, I, I even voted for Obama in 2012, which you know I'm not proud of it, but it happened. You know, I used to feel bad that I didn't vote in 2012, and now I feel like I dodged a bullet. I did vote in 2014 though for fucking shitty St. Louis politicians. So do feel bad. Re- about that. Regardless, uh, as someone who like actively thought this was the the right way to be back then. And then now looking back in retrospect, I'm like, oh, so this is just how fucked up things were before. But unlike last time, I'm actually paying attention. And God, I wish I wasn't because paying attention is the most depressing shit you can do. Yeah. I just like every time, every day, the double think keeps getting deeper. And I just keep thinking, wow, we are really just the absolute stupidest fucking people (laughs) like there have been there have probably been individual dumb people that are dumber on that are dumber than the average american but as a collective 
I feel like we must be just some of I the feel stupidest we're, fucking idiots in history. We are so peak capitalism that the idiots are sold a reality they can live in, and the not and most of the not idiot not idiots are sold a distraction heavy enough that they can pretend that that reality doesn't exist. So we just, so they turn into idiots. We have to, we are like that perfect blend of capitalism where it's not quite horrible enough for most people that they ha- that they can just pretend that the world doesn't exist around them. Yeah, the world doesn't exist. We're all fucking national chauvinists and we're completely unaware of the pain that we cause across this world as its imperial overlord. The thing that gets me most about this and I, I you know the I'm not saying that, you know, it's hopeless, but I do think that in America um getting getting the white population especially but most of the population in general just getting them to understand our place in the world and what it means to people who live in the philippines or live in bangladesh or live in africa places that we are you know routinely continuing to colonize in a post-colonial or neo-colonial fashion yeah the the idea that you can't fucking grapple with the the world that we're creating just i just don't get it (laughs) It's it's not it's so fucking hard to look into a book. You don't even need to look into a fucking book. Just like God, there are podcasts about it. If you really want, you could fucking listen to a an audio book. You could fucking read a Wikipedia article. And Wikipedia is not all that great, but at least you can look on it and be like, oh yeah, we fucking invaded Nicaragua twelve times in the twentieth century. Well, it's more convenient to listen to the podcast where Jay Leno makes jokes about how he's irrelevant. That's it's it's a simplicity thing. And I, I don't blame the layman because honestly, as no, much as the no, layman. No, 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 I don't blame people for being stupid. I just hate it. I should, yeah, fair enough. I, should, I, I sound like I'm being a scold when I say just look in a book. But like it, it, I think what I what I mean is not the layman so much as the people who look at Joe Biden saying, yeah, what if everybody knew about all of our fucking coups and shit? Well, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? If everybody knew about our interfering with elections. And then maybe not just sending in a fucking invasion force if we didn't like what happened when we intervened with an election. We would never do that. What happened in Venezuela was obviously Russians. Joe Biden saying that and either just don't respond to it or are like, oh, that's so nice to have a person in there who can speak in full sentences. And I'm have like, you seen his sentences? Exactly. <laughs> but it's, that's still what they say well, for I mean, some reason. I, I, I don't even blame them. Like, I really think that they have just been so indoctrinated by the American media machine that they don't realize uh, how bad it is. Like, they have been brainwashed to the extent that they can't help their thoughts anymore. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been feeling ever since the pandemic has been quote unquote over, I've been actually feeling more depressed because, like, it feels like a bubble has broken, and I thought that this bubble was going to lead to, like, a flood of social activism, you know, and, like, people being like, all right, we're pissed off, and now we can actually get out into the world. But no, it just turned into, oh, the world's open again? All right, we're not pissed anymore. Yeah. It's I think, fine. I think part of this is that now that the pandemic is supposedly over, there is, again, less of that anxiety that comes with the constant reporting of – thousands of people dying every day that comes with the reporting of uh, job loss and unemployment benefits uh, running out. 
Um, and I think a huge part of our perception, or at least the grander uh, societal perception of what's going on and how we are getting back to the status quo is is dictated by our biggest media personalities and corporate focus on on what now is no longer being called a pandemic or at least is being called an ended pandemic. You know, they're going to say yeah. that Biden beat the virus or that Bill de Blasio beat the virus or that fucking Newsom beat it or who, Governor Devine in uh I've seen Ohio praise for fucking it. Cuomo. And he did like the worst job with it ever. Well, he was getting praise and then wrote a fucking book about him supposedly beating that first wave when all he did is kill off 25,000 fucking old people. Yeah. All he did is murder people and then make the rollout worse uh, when he wanted to control the vaccine vaccination rollout. And then as soon as he gets hit with a fucking uh, Me Too, he has to back off and things because of his megalomaniacal bullshit stopping for a moment because he feels like he's under too much heat. Not for killing 20,000 20, people, but for kill for fucking like saying, "Oh, Sexual I want to pick you up. I want to yeah. I want to throw you around like a little rag doll. You remind me of my friend Lisa." Like fuck this guy and fuck the stupid idiotic fucking political economy that we live in, where it's more important to keep some lady named fucking Sophie who just wanted to get a cushy job as a fucking intern at the state house in Albany. It's more important to take care of her than the 15,000 or 20,000 grandparents that were just tossed into a fucking meat grinder. I would like to state for the record that the sexual harassment stuff, I'm glad he got caught on something and the sexual harassment stuff should be taken seriously. Oh, it certainly should. I should say as – if we're going well, you know, to have to right. do like comparative, something – Comparative sins. If Compar I have to – yeah, if I have to pick what's sending this – if I am – uh, St. Peter, and I'm at the pearly gates, and Andrew Cuomo comes up to me, and he's like, all right, so you did this thing where you killed 15,000 old folks. You just kind of did that. And then your neglect also led to more and more people not being vaccinated and probably hundreds, if not thousands, of deaths there. I think this is going to go in the bad pile, and I'm going to call you out on that. Now, I do also see here – now, this is this is kind of a footnote – is that you had a bunch of interns who you inappropriately asked if you could dance with them and that they looked like a younger version of your favorite cousin. Like, that's bad, but I think we can – we're going to focus on the dead people. Yeah, it's – That's what not... I'm going to do when I, when I get a job up uh, taking over for – St. Peter. Honestly, that would if if I believed in heaven and hell, I would I no, I say I would love to be judge judge jury and execution no, God, in that I don't capacity, but honestly that sounds like way too much stress. Way too much stress. God. You know how many people die every day? You have to pencil them all in to talk about their sins. Jesus. We now go live to a press conference with the mayor of Balaclavaville. Thank you all for coming out today. There are two statements I wanted to make. First of all, I'd like to say that thanks to my personal amazing efforts, COVID has been completely eradicated in Balaclavaville. Mr. Mayor, how can we be sure that there isn't a single case left? More simple. We had mandatory testing done on anyone who wasn't vaccinated, and if it came back positive, our proud police force promptly shot them dead where they stood. Excuse me, Mr. Mayor. Surely you realize that having people murdered by cops is worse than having people with COVID who just need treatment and quarantine. 
That's why I quite disagree. Do you realize how good it looks for me to your average stupid voter when I say I beat COVID in our town? Cops murder people no matter where you go, but at least when they do it here, it's a fantastic PR move. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by anything that happens here anymore, but somehow you always find a way to leave me stupefied. I've long since given up on you facing any actual justice, so what's your second statement? I'm glad you're catching on to the fact that I'm untouchable. Anyway, the second reason I wanted to call you all here today was to let you know about the new policies I'll be instituting now that we no longer need to wear masks, social distance, or worry about spitting into each other's mouths. Will you be offering assistance to businesses that suffered from people not being able to be in dense social settings? Are you going to start more fairly taxing delivery companies while ensuring they actually need to treat the employees that work for them more fairly? Guys, haven't you learned anything? No, I guarantee this is some stupid shit like now that cops don't need to social distance, they're going to be placed in civilian homes to keep a closer eye on them. You know, I actually hadn't thought of that. What a great idea. I might use that. But no, I assure you I won't be doing anything close to what the other two suggested. I will, however, be ensuring that we can maintain the safety we finally attained from this vile disease. As such, anyone who leaves town for any reason will immediately forfeit all property they've left behind in this town and not be allowed to return. Also, since I stopped the illness, I'll be setting up a new set of policies that prevent restaurant workers from taking any sick days. After all, now that we can go back out to eat, I don't want any of my favorite places to chow down being short-staffed. Will the workers be getting any additional compensation for being obligated to work even when they're under the weather? Will you be offering customers any kind of guarantee that they'll be taken care of if they catch some other contagious condition from a sick line cook? Really, guys, I assure you the answer to both of those questions is no. Also, did you both not hear about the illegal seizure of private property? I'll be honest, I am extremely drunk. It is a miracle I am lucid at all. And I've been dissociating completely since COVID started over a year ago. (laughs) Oh, you're quite right about those first two answers being no. Anyway, if you're wondering about the forfeiture policy, I assure you, since the people affected by it won't be allowed to return without immediately being arrested, it's irrelevant whether they have a problem with it or not. Now, you there... You seem like a pretty sharp guy, and that can be dangerous for people like me. Last thing I need is an aware citizenry. I also really liked your idea about the cops and houses, so how would you like to come work for me as part of my spin team? Alternatively, I'm sure we can arrange for you to have an unfortunate accident. Are you seriously bribing and threatening a reporter in the middle of a press conference? Yes, I thought that was pretty evident. You were just saying how you've caught on to my trends. Anyway, if our president can threaten a reporter live on camera, I'm sure I'll be in the clear. How much will I make? Oh, we can wait until we wrap up here to discuss the details. Anyway, I think that covers everything. You may now all go back to your meaningless, pathetic lives. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, I have a nice offer. I'm totally important. Mr. Mayor, pay attention to me. I regularly leave the town for my job. Will I be able to tell you about my questions left. The mayor will be taking no further questions. But to be fair, people blaming other people for things that don't affect them in any way, shape, or form is part of the, uh, part of the, The not just the American way, but just the way of the world, sadly, because, you know, I mean, it's, it took, uh, what, a couple centuries of consciousness for homosexuals to be allowed to get married? Yeah, seriously. (laughs)
And I mean, I remember, so yeah, we're right now in, I guess this episode will come out uh, just after Pride Month, which we should, uh, I mean, like, I think it's fair to say that, yes, obviously Pride is an awesome thing. I, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the solidarity, I'm all for solidarity with LGBTQIA+, but... I mean, I'm asexual myself, so I mean, but not that. I'm an asexual white male. It's totally different than a straight white male. It is frustrating when you see these companies like, oh, we're rainbow this month, and now we're going to abuse you, but make more money off the gays. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff, I, honestly, some of the stuff, like I used to see like years ago as uh, gags, as memes of like uh, Raytheon fucking making their logo a rainbow, but now it's unironically making its logo into a rainbow and it's like you've you you've murdered so many people you make so much money off of fucking devastating the world and this one month you get to brand yourself and get like some decent pr you get to you know sell people doritos that you know because you put weird fucking shit on it looks like a rainbow and that somehow makes you better. I don't, it's again, it's performative shit and it's, yeah, corporate pride is disgusting. Yeah. If you really want to see how they think, then just look at these corporations and their logos in countries where gay marriage is not legal. Like, yeah. you know, in the Middle East, suddenly, like if you look at, uh, I've seen these, I've seen a ton of these where it's like the Twitter feed for the American brand version is the rainbow logo. And then if you look at the Twitter feed for the Iraq brand version or whatever, it's normal. No, no rainbows. We don't know. Yep. It's only pride when it benefits us because it's in the country where that's accepted. Yeah. I mean, it's also uh, it's the same thing that a lot of politicians do. It's triangulating to get the most profit, really. What what is OK with the culture? What can I get away with? What can I say to get more support in the media or support in a consumer base? That's all it's doing. It has nothing to do with actual solidarity with lgbtqia you know there's no uh, there is no solidarity from these people because their entire the modus operandi is to accumulate it's to take and take and take and take and take and it doesn't matter who they're taking from as long as they can get away with it yeah it's pretty sad that these companies are willing to abuse that um and it's I'm sure it's even more profitable for them again because now they can say, and also COVID's over, so we can all be out and be gay in public, and it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Sadly, Pride. I mean, I again, I'm very in favor of having Pride Month. I just wish that it wasn't being used for corporate abuse. Yeah, yeah. I, which is again like most things in yeah, capitalism. Basically, will be. anything. Nothing just is like, sacred. It will all be co-opted. It will all be exploited. Yeah, I mean Juneteenth. That's also. Or Black History Month, any of those. Yeah. They're all they're all yep. for corporate. Pro they're all being used for corporate profits, even if they're good ideas. Yep. You saw that. I sent you. I don't know if you had seen it before, but that uh, tweet from Elon Musk from last year's oh, Juneteenth, yeah. where he's yep. like, "Now Tesla will honor Juneteenth as a national holiday or a U.S. holiday or what, however he described it." And somebody's like, oh, cool, that's awesome that you're giving your workers a paid day off for Juneteenth. And he's like, well, you'll still have to use PTO, but you won't be able to come into work. So it's mandatory PTO and mandatory, mandatory using – basically mandatory using one of your vacation days there whether right. you like it or not. It's like I hope you uh, had some plans for this day because you are forced to use a vacation day. 
But he's in California. Nothing bad happens in California. Yeah, corporations are always willing to abuse uh, abuse good ideology in the name of turning it evil and making more profit. Oh, yes. Speaking of making more profit and being evil, I mean, I know I work in a place where customers actually see my face, and I can understand why the company doesn't want me to be uh, wear a mask or worry about being safe because it makes the customer happier to see smiling faces or whatever. But surely in places like warehouses and meatpacking plants, places where there's no customers actually there, they've kept all those safe protocols in place because why wouldn't they? Yeah. Don't you wish? Because uh, one thing that I found incredibly throughout this, throughout this uh, pandemic, incredibly sad is that like one of the most obvious and exploitative industries, which is the meatpacking industry, has not changed one bit. There were a few times where they put up like, you know, the cursory sanitation stations, places where you could like clean your hands. Um, maybe you could wear a mask or get a mask there. But all of the actual policies or procedures that were being followed at these meatpacking plants prior to COVID were basically in place still throughout the pandemic. And so we've seen a, a significant number of people, largely uh, undocumented people, dying in these places because they, firstly, you know, they can't go on unemployment. They're undocumented. They can't uh, risk their job for the same reason. And they uh, can't get health care, you know, unless it's emergency. And then they'll probably be in debt and deported. So it's one of the most exploited, exploitative, exploitative, there exploitative, we go. exploitative. Yeah jobs, uh, industries in America. And since the normalization is coming back, they are even getting rid of those small, cursory, not very effective sanitation sa stations. Yeah, normal, normal means that uh, these corporations no longer need to worry about pretending that they care about people like that. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I mean, and, and normal, has, uh, normal has, of course, uh, been in full force the whole time, even during the pandemic, at places like the uh, detention centers at the border. Oh yes, yeah. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure those places are even less sanitary now. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean, recently the people in Guantanamo have been facing worse conditions. We we are, you know, we we create we got a new incarcerator in chief. Like that's what we ended up doing, and now that they're in migrant overflow facilities instead of concentration camps we don't talk about it as much but they're still being at least as exposed to COVID as they were under trump but trump had orange skin so it was worse when he did it true true we could make yes. some kind of funky cheeto joke or we could yeah i'm sure we could be very more creative here but why bother right they could be fat phobic or something to make them hate him he's been out of office for months and still the i still see so much news media giving a shit about trump like you're the only ones talking about him anymore. He's even stopped talking at this point. Right. They took away his Twitter account. How are you still bothering with him? All they did was essentially make it so that they, he couldn't own them by tweeting them back. Yeah, but making fun of Trump is the new normal. And speaking of normal coming back in vogue, it's come back more prevalent than anywhere in our military. We are back. At, America's back, baby. <laughs> we are back to normal, good old killing people. We are out there. We are killing people. We are definitely going to not be in Afghanistan. Uh, that is going to happen for sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that come September 11th, it's all going to be – we're going to be perfect. Done. Dunzo, dunzo. I 100 percent 
believe exactly what Biden said, because as you know, Biden keeps all his promises. He has always kept all his promises. <laughs> I, I was hearing, though, that like apparently the our al- our allies in like our German our uh, UK allies who had some small forces in Afghanistan, they are pulling out. But to think that we're not going to leave some sort of like CIA or uh, Black Rock, not Black Rock, that's the investment firm that's buying up houses so that I can never own one. Uh, Blackwater, Black yeah. people like that, they're all going to stay there. The military contractors, they're still going to be there. We're still going to be uh, trying be to take whatever. I think it's Academy now. Oh, yes, Academy. Didn't they change their name like a third time? They've like now there's like, some stupid name. Yeah, they've changed their name a bunch of times. I honestly can't keep up. It, whatever military. Wellington contractors. It's a, hey, look, that contract that showed up there, it's not the same contract because it's a different company now. It's fine. Yeah. Don't even think about it, America. Don't even think about that square where they just murdered like 40 people, or I guess only murdered 10 people and then injured like 100. Yeah, but. The, the, any number of people murdered is probably too many people when it comes to completely innocent civilians. I mean, they also did cause the Fallujah massacre following yeah. that. So, but uh, I mean, and of course, the multiple coups they were involved in across the world—just great stuff. Don't even worry about that. But in terms of war coming back, uh, I don't know about you, but I've seen military recruiters back out in force here and there. Yeah, my brother has been my brother is 19, he's going to be turning 20 and he's been getting a lot of calls, a lot of interesting uh emails and texts. And I'm like, how the fuck do they even get your number? Like, they, I guess America has all your offer. information. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our not Hey, we're not a surveillance state like China. Don't be ridiculous. No, we aren't. Come on. Come on. China, they they know where you are all the time because they make you check in to go to the grocery store to make sure that you're not going to spread a sickness. Us us, we don't do that. We just give your money, give your location, give your uh, taxes all over to the military, and they get to do whatever the hell they want with it. And of course, in terms of our military being back to normal, it's no more. Pre- it's no nowhere is it more prevalent than, of course, good old fashioned. And I'm sorry to get anti-Semitic here, but good old fashioned Palestine. Nope. Yep. You should have called it Israel. It's not Palestine anymore. That was created by the Arab League, so that we could be anti-Semitic. Yep, it's uh, it was all it was all a giant conspiracy. Conspiracies only exist when they benefit the rich and elite. Don't you know that, Kyle? Yes, yes. Otherwise, it was just nonsense and completely crazy bullshit. Yeah, it's the fact that you know, for there was that. Of course, you could call it flare up. Uh, it's still going on. They have recently, uh, in the past week, dropped more bombs on Gaza, the the Israeli military, the IDF have, and people are still dying. People, children and old people, everyone who's, they, they live in an open air fucking prison and every once in a while their house just gets demolished and their kids might be inside. There are some of the most horrific things in the world that I've ever seen is the, 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 the absolute depravity that is being exhibited on the Gazan people and the Palestinians. It's terrifying, but um, that's normal and it's fine. And we had like a week of news maybe about it. And now that people, I don't know, got tired, like they're not going to talk about it. Joe Biden said, hey, I solved the the crisis. I brokered the peace deal. Uh, Netanyahu is no longer president. In fact, it's a guy who's to his right. Um, we fixed it. Hooray. Yeah, and that's – I mean for, unfortunately though, that's been the attitude of a lot of non-politically motivated Americans. It's just, well, it's fixed now. I'm going to stop paying attention. And I mean yeah. I hate to say it, but it's it's the good old-fashioned go-back-to-brunch meme. 
It is. It is. I mean, your dad's been very honest about his position. Yeah. Is that now I don't need to pay attention anymore. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, it makes them, it makes them feel happy and complacent. And that's, uh, that's exactly how they want us. That's what they want to be. Yeah. It's pretty sad. And, uh, I mean, for the record, I am glad that there does seem to be a chunk of consciousness now that like maybe maybe it's because there's internet and we can talk to communicate with each other about it but there's a chunk of consciousness that actually like people are like yeah this, this stuff is fucked up and we need to defend the palestinians uh, like you know uh, openly supporting the these oppressed people but i don't feel like that consciousness is actually changing anything at this juncture right i mean and i know it's a it's a long form battle like civil rights didn't happen overnight but civil rights also still aren't completely caught up aren't so, there yeah, yeah so, so even like overnight is clearly a such a long-term goal that by the time it even happens if it does happen we might already just be fucked right you know hearts and minds what do you do with hearts and minds you can't break windows with them you can't change policy with them it's about power relations and the unfortunate reality at this moment is that the the left labor that people who work for towards a communist or socialist end game we really don't have much we certainly have like no no institutional power but we don't have much people power in the sense that we haven't organized it and that's fucking tough because all of these horrible things are being exhibited on people across the globe in service of our imperial overlords or capitalist overlords and for what because here in the global uh the the imperial core we don't have enough power to to reject their policies. Yeah, and sadly, in this quote-unquote post-COVID world, one of the only places that's still being criticized for not social distancing enough, not being safe enough, is leftist protesting. Mm-hmm, of course. Like, oh, look, they're all – look how packed together these guys are. They don't have masks on. Oh, my god. They're probably uh, all vaccinated, but don't worry about yeah. that. They're evil. What are you going to uh, It's pretty sad that back to normal does mean back to the same – neoliberal policies that will institute fascism at first on a countrywide scale and eventually on a global scale. But at least we're back to normal. We fixed it. Back to normal. Feeling good. There's a, I don't know, there are things, there are lessons to be taken from COVID that I think we can hopefully institute, especially if people as a class conscious group decide to rise up and fight for those rights. But I think that at the end of the day, COVID being quote unquote over really just means we're going to go back to being screwed in all the same old ways but at least we won't need to wear a mask yeah in that uh in that spirit though uh it's gonna be rough out there folks and it's gonna probably get rougher as things start going back to uh, a uh, systematic oppression that allows for people to be close to each other you know tear gas is way more effective when we're grouped up right when you don't have a mask on it's hard to it's easier to get tear gassed the, still, at, the, at, this, uh, at this point in time, the best thing we can do is keep on fighting and uh, keep supporting uh, the ideologies we stand for. And, of course, uh, keep standing with each other in love and solidarity. Yeah. Love and solidarity, y'all. All right. Thanks. I, I cut that all right. Thanks at the end. I don't know why I added that. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I'll throw that in there. No, it's all right. <laughs> Whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll do the closing, and then at the very end, it'll be like, all right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate chocolate chip. Chocolate chocolate chip. Chocolate chocolate chip.
Afghanistan. I'm not going to answer any more questions in Afghanistan. Look, Fourth of July. I'm just a holiday weekend. I'm going to celebrate it. We have all across America people going to ball games, doing good things. This is a good. I'll be. I'll answer all your negative questions. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Great things happening. Hot. All right, thanks.